Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. Hello, parents, moms, and dads. Welcome again to the Fearless Parody Podcast. Today, I have as my special guest, Brad Baldridge. Brad is a college funding specialist who's helped thousands of families plan and save for college with smart and proven strategies to save time, money, and stress. As a financial expert, blogger, and host of the Taming the High Cost of College podcast, Brad has been sharing his college planning insights with his clients, subscribers, and listeners for over 20 years. So now, without any further ado, here's Brad Baldridge. Brad, welcome to the Fearless, Fearless Parody Podcast. Hey, great. Uh, I'm glad you're having me here. Well, I appreciate you coming on board because uh, parents need to know and they need to plan and they need to get themselves ready and their kids ready to go to college. And a big part of that is paying for college. And so I, I brought you all today because, you know, I know my parents, if they don't need help with that now, they're going to need help with it. So let's just start out by telling us a little bit about you. Okay. So I've been in the financial industry for most of my career. And about 15 years ago, I started learning more about the college process and realized that there was a huge need out there. Um, that was about the time that college started getting more and more expensive and more and more families were encouraging their kids to go. And it became a much bigger item in a typical family budget where it used to be that, you know, when you and I went to college long ago, you could theoretically work summers and do a few things and maybe pay for it yourself. I mean, those days are gone where most students are going to need a lot of help from the family, potentially. And as I got more involved in it, I realized that there's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of help. There's loans and grants and scholarships and all types of things. But most families don't understand the maze and therefore they lead, you know, they don't take advantage of everything that they're entitled to or they choose a school that is crazy expensive when they could have done something similar elsewhere at a lower cost, or again, there's it's just full of landmines where. So it's just basically, uh, sometimes we have not because we ask not. In other words, we, we don't have the opportunities because we're not asking, hey, are there other opportunities out there? Are there other places I might not have looked, other information or research that I should be doing? So let me ask you this, Brad, if I'm a parent and I am, and I need to plan for college, how do I get, how do I get started? Right. Well, the first thing you realize is you want to start earlier than 
you might think. So really for, you know, freshman, sophomore year in high school is, to, is when you would do what I call late stage planning, which is you're starting to think about visiting colleges, you're doing the testing, you know, how much money do we have saved? How, what are our goals? Are we interested in state schools or public schools? Are we going to qualify for need-based aid? All that type of thing. That's late stage planning that everybody's going to have to do. And get started freshman, sophomore year. And again, your student may not be ready, right? Your student is not ready to go visit a college. But as parents, you can figure out how, how does need-based aid work? Or we're currently saving 300 a month. Can we save 500 a month? And should we? You know, those kind of things can be done whether your student's ready or not. And then as you move into the junior year, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff that you're going to do together as a family. But parents could do some of the things without the student and kind of in preparation. But parents don't know that. So in this freshman and sophomore year, uh, would it be advantageous for parents to visit uh colleges and universities and even junior colleges uh, in the area that they live in? Absolutely. I, I recommend that often that you do what I call preliminary visits, where you just go to the local school that you know might be a good fit for your student, might not. But just as a, and I did this with my son, we went to the flagship state school here in Wisconsin. We went to Madison just to look around when he was a sophomore. It was not, you know, I wasn't sure if he was interested. He wasn't sure if he was interested, but it was just a, let's go kick the tires and see what's going on as a sophomore. Just because most students don't really understand what college is all about. They've never seen one. They've never been on a campus. So it's too true. Just give them a little bit of exposure to, you know, again, something that's convenient for the family to do, no pressure. Um, And it's a great place to start. Um, And then with that, you can start diving into, things like need-based aid and merit aid and scholarships and starting to learn how that works. Cause it's a, it's a process that families are going to have to spend, you know, many Sunday afternoons and over a couple of years trying to figure it all out. And. Well, I, I love the fact that you're talking about taking that young student, that freshman, that sophomore and going to colleges it, it keeping your options open and everything. But what that does is it expands the mind of your child while expanding your own mind uh, for them to see it and experience having been on a campus so that, you know, they, they have a goal. They can start creating a goal of where they want to go and how they want to get there. And parents can start creating goals with action steps on how they're going to pay for it. That's kind of what I'm getting out of there. And another thing I love about it, it is something that you're doing with your child. You're right. interacting with your child. It's something that you're experiencing together. And so that's another reason I love what you're saying. So uh, is there a specific age that you should start or uh, should you start at birth? Should you start at first grade? Right. Which is first baby? And again, there's two stages. You, what I would call early stages. Oh, we had a baby, or we've got a kindergartner, or we've got a sixth grader, or whatever it is. And we believe college is coming someday, so maybe we should build, put that into the family budget. Whether we start saving for college in some way, or but, and then start having discussions about how much of college are we going to pay, and what are our goals around college, so that 
when we're building our overall family budget, maybe we need to be setting aside a few hundred a month for college. And therefore, we can't have as many nice cars or we have to have a smaller house because we've got three kids and we intend to pay for a lot of college. And you got to kind of need to know that going in. Whereas I meet a lot of families that, you know, they have decent income, but they've learned how to spend every penny they earn. And now they've got a junior in high school and a freshman in high school. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that how expensive college is. And there's no way that we can make this work. And I'm saying, well, we need a thousand a month or fifteen hundred a month to make this work. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And it's like, well, I mean, that's the reality of, you know, in some situations. And again, some depending on what you earn and how much need-based aid you're going to qualify for. And you know, many states have different prices for their colleges. You know, California yes, and New do. Jersey are very expensive. Uh, Iowa and a couple of the flatlander states are very lower cost, um, Wyoming, et cetera. So, you, you know, you got to kind of get the lay of the land. If you're an expensive state that has high priced state schools, you might pay 25 or 30,000 a year. Whereas and now, you know, you, if, if you do have that junior and you haven't thought about planning, I, I can see why it would be more important to go out to some of these campuses, both the pay at state schools. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of choices. There's 4,000 colleges out there and they're not all the same. And understanding what you're looking for and what the student will appreciate. You know, some families, they're like, well, we're looking for that school with the big name sports. You know, we want to be in the stands cheering on our teams. Other people are like, no, we want just the opposite. We want a small intimate school where classes are small and you get to know your professors. Yeah, but you got to be able to pay for it. Though. Yes. And again, not that big school, but you have to be able to pay for it. Yes. And again, sometimes those, those choices are the low cost option, depending on, again, how much aid you receive. So I've seen families go to, you know, expensive privates for less than their local state school. Really? Um, now it doesn't always happen that way, but if you are that family, that that's why I'm saying it takes a lot of work. It's it's like shopping for a car, right? If you started from zero and said, "Well, I got to figure out: Do I want a minivan? Do I want a sports coupe? Do I want a pickup truck?" And then you start shopping around, and what do they cost? And what what you know? And then you go to a couple of different dealers. Now imagine what the price they hung on the window had nothing to do with what you actually pay. You know, right. So, you know, you got the Chevy and Ferrari. You just got to have to choose. Right. Which you want. Or, or you can say the Ford and the Ferrari. I, I don't want any uh, uh, Ford or Chevy fans getting mad at me here. But right. the bottom line is, is that you have to take the time to plan. And even if you start late, you got to start working within the process and get, get your child prepared and just do the best that you can at that time. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, again, to kind of put a finer point on it, sometimes that Ferrari will cost the same as the Ford or Chevy. So just because, of the, you know, they have the high price sticker price, you don't know because of it, the way the aid works and that type of thing. A lot of times it's all over the map. So that's part of the parent process is to figure out what types of schools are going to work for us. Is it going so to be the state schools? In the rough. Absolutely. From a price perspective. And then sometimes it's just the opposite, right? The school we love is crazy expensive. 
but we're going to give up the lake home so that we can pay for the expensive school. I mean, that's a legitimate, you know, but sometimes families are like, well, we're going to destroy a retirement to pay for school. That's a different question, right? So some families can afford to spend more than others, sometimes because they've saved and invested and done all they can to, and they make college the highest priority. And they've already made those sacrifices so that because they want to spend a lot of money on college. Some yeah, families, I, you know, just I are going to have to find the low cost option. I remember those days. Uh, I, I got an NROTC scholarship, so that helped me out because my parents had made big savings for college. Right. Exactly. And then there's all those different programs and gap years and study abroad. And there's lots of stuff that might be a great fit for your student. You know, athletics, you know, are they going to play athletics in school? Where, and then like divorced and blended families, they've got extra layers of complexity to deal with. If you're a business owner, there's strategies that you can use. So there's a lot more to it. And that's why I encourage families, if you, you know, get nothing else, just start early. Start sophomore year. Start early and do the research and do the work. And that's why going to somebody like you would be so helpful. Moms and dads, I want to encourage you to reach out to Brad, even if you just ask general questions. Uh, I find him to be a man of integrity. We had a little talk before we started the podcast here today. And he said a little something which made me set up and take notice. So I want to encourage you to reach out to him. Brad, tell my audience where they can find him. So I have a website and podcast that's all at tamingthehighcostofcollege.com. And uh, you can reach out through the website, you know, with contact us or work with Brad. And then there's also a lot of free resources. So there's a podcast, there's a newsletter. We've got an EFC calculator to help you figure out need-based aid. We've got uh, cost of colleges by state. So you can download a chart that gives you not just the top line full price for the college, but what the average person pays based on income. So there's different income brackets that will show you, you know, people earning 75,000 at this school, you know, pay 30,000 people earning 100,000 pay 40,000, whatever it might be on average. In other schools, the numbers are different. So it gives you an idea of what your targets might be um, if you're early in the process. And it gives you a point of contention if you're saying, well, wait a minute, why am I paying so much more than the average person? Well, Brad, um, what you're giving them is a one-stop research shopping center. I, I want to encourage y'all to reach out to Brad. Now, I'm going to have contact information for Brad in the podcast description. So you'll be able to click on the link and it'll take you right to Brad. And I want to encourage you to subscribe to his podcast. Now I want you to subscribe to mine. There's no doubt about it. If you're just listening and you haven't subscribed, you need to uh, subscribe to the Fearless Parenting Podcast, but subscribe to Brad's podcast. Brad, I'm going to have you back one more time, brother. Uh, I got some more questions I want to ask you and some other information I want you to put out to my audience. I appreciate having you here today. Thanks for having me. Well, moms and dad, that's all for this particular episode. So until next time, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you 
and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was what said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.